ShareCare is the leading online health and wellness engagement platform, providing millions of consumers with a personal, results-oriented experience by connecting them to the most qualified health resources and programs they need to improve their health. It's time now for ShareCare Radio on RadioMD.com. Here's your host, Dr. Daria. Hi, and welcome back to ShareCare Radio. This is Dr. Daria, and I want to know, are you always hungry? It's common for many of us, especially anyone on a diet, and I recently talked about the importance of healthy fats to keep that feeling at bay, but my next expert has a lot more to say on that topic and what you can do. He's a nine-time, number one New York Times, best, New York Times best-selling author. He's director of the Cleveland Clinic Center for Functional Medicine and founder of the Ultra Wellness Center. You've also probably seen him on the Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, The View, The Dr. Oz Show, and he's also medical editor of the Huffington Post. He's Dr. Mark Hyman, and he's here to explain the principles behind his brand-new book, Out This Month, Eat Fat, Get Thin. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. I want to just dive in. I mean, in the 90s, we had this low-fat, no-fat diet craze. How do you think that contributed to our obesity epidemic? Because it didn't get any better with that craze either. No, I mean, it's, it's actually in the 70s. Uh, the Congress was concerned that America was getting sicker and more heart disease, and we need to do something about it. And so they put together a dietary assessment panel, the McGovern panel and the, and the committee, and they came up with this report that made recommendations to America. In fact, it was based on really shaky scientific evidence, but they felt they had to act because America was getting fatter and sicker. But what they did was actually accelerate the whole problem because they came up with this concept that fat was bad, that we should be eating low fat, that we should be eating more carbohydrates, and it got turned in ultimately into the 1992 food pyramid, which said to eat six to 11 servings of bread, rice, cereal, and pasta a day and eat fats and oils only sparingly at the tippy-tippy top of the pyramid. That is exactly upside that. down. Yeah, it's exactly upside down from what we should be doing. And okay. when that happened in 1980, that first set of guidelines, you look at it as a hockey stick. We've seen a seven-fold increase in diabetes. We've seen dramatic increases in, in weight gain. I, I remember in that 1980, I went to medical school in the early 80s, there was not a single state in the United States that had an obesity rate over 20%. Today, there's not a single state with an obesity rate under 20%, and there's many with 30 and 35%. In fact, most of the country now is getting to that danger zone. So, what we've done, and it's something that both you and I see, both you and I see as being physicians, is it's such a growing problem. I see it in the ER all the time too. It's true. I mean, and everything that we're seeing is really a consequence of this extremely high carbohydrate, low fat diet, and that's what's driven so much of this problem. Because fat is actually, despite what we think, not something that makes us fat, even though the word is the same, right? The fat that you eat, the fat on your body, it looks the not same. Not the enemy? It's not the enemy. And we had this whole theory that it's all about energy balance, right? So just eat less, exercise more, calories in, calories out. It's all about the calories. So fat has nine calories per gram and carbs and protein have four. Then if you eat less fat, then you're going to cut out less, more calories and you lose weight. It's the opposite of what happens because the body is not this closed system and it's not all about energy. It's about information. And this is the big discovery okay. in the last 20 or 30 years that food is not just calories. It's actually instructions. It's information that literally every bite tells your body what to do to gain or lose weight, to turn on or off different hormones like insulin, which can make huge differences in weight, affects your neurotransmitters, your brain chemistry, your genes even. Even your gut flora are all affected by what you eat. <clears throat> so, so we're we sending our body that, messages literally with what we're eating. It's sending our body a message. 
Exactly. It's like instructions. So it would ever how do we send so, our body the good instructions then? Well, the bad instructions are actually driven by our processed food, high sugar, refined carb diet. We eat about 152 pounds of sugar and 146 pounds of flour, which actually is worse than sugar in your body. It actually has a higher glycemic index, meaning it raises your blood sugar more. So the key here is to cut out all those refined sugars and carbs, bread, pasta, rice, cereal. Cereal is not a health food. It's just not. And despite what all the propaganda is on the front of the cereal boxes saying it's whole grain and healthy and the American Heart Association endorsed, it's actually the worst thing you can have for breakfast. And so we need to then eat more good quality foods, which are nutrient-dense, like lots of plant foods, but you also need a lot of fat. This sort of surprisingly... I want to take a moment on that and talk about the different kinds of fat. Tell all of our listeners, because there's good fat and there's bad fat. So tell them what's right. the good fat that you want them to be eating. Well, before I jump into that, I just want to make this, this clear about what fat does. When you eat sugar or carbs, it actually turns on your fat storage system. It makes you store fat in your belly. It makes you hungry, and it makes you slow your metabolism and prevent fat from being burned or liberated from the fat cells. When you eat fat, the opposite happens because you don't stimulate insulin, which is the fat storage hormone that gets triggered by sugar and carbs. Mm-hmm. And when you eat fat without the carbs, and if you eat fat with carbs, what I call sweet fat, that's not good. If you eat fat without all the refined sugars and carbs, it actually makes you less hungry, speeds up your metabolism, and triggers fat being burned more, so you liberate more fat and lose weight without being hungry, feeling good, eating delicious food that's creamy and luscious and savory, as opposed to starving with low-fat cardboard. So that's mm-hmm. that's the big Which difference. isn't very that's satisfactory the... anyway. You don't feel any better oh. after you eat all those low-fat cookies. Oh, and the key insight here, there is that it's not about how much you eat, because you can't control that. It's impossible because it's like saying, well, I only want you to you know, breathe every six minutes. You, you just can't. Your brain is wired to consume food when you trigger certain hormones that are very hard to control with willpower. So if you actually focus on what you eat, you don't have to worry about how much you eat because your body will naturally reset. And if you do that, you have to eat the right fats. Like you said, what are the right fats? Well, most of us are eating bad fats, right? Most of American calories from fat come from refined vegetable oils like soybean oil, which is about 20 that's produced in huge quantities that's in everything. And it's often turned into trans fats, although less so now, but it's still in foods, salad dressings and any kind of baked or prepared food. It's in, it's in everything. And it's very inflammatory when eaten in those quantities. The second is trans fats, which are also known as shortening or hydrogenated fats. And again, they're, they were in everything, and now they've been ruled as the FDA ruled them as not safe to eat or a non-grass substance. So no longer... Are they going to be in foods? But it's going to take a while for them to get phased out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're still, we're still, so those are not great. Then the, the good ones are easy, and then there's the questionable ones. So the bad ones clearly are the refined oils and the trans fats. Yeah, so, so, what are, so what are the good fats that we should be having? So the good fats are things most of us are familiar with, like extra virgin olive oil, which has been shown to reduce heart attacks, reduce diabetes, help with weight loss, and... Then there's other good fats, like monounsaturated fats that come from avocados, also nuts and seeds, almonds, walnuts, pecans, not peanuts, macadamia nuts, uh, and many seeds, pumpkin seeds, sesame seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds. These are all full of great fats that should be a regular part of your diet. In fact, you should probably have five or six servings of these good fats every day. And there are other fats that are also possibly good fats, which there's a lot of controversy about, but I I believe are, are actually a great part of a healthy diet. 
And those are saturated fats. And they sound kind of crazy because that's what we've been taught right. is bad. It's, right? It's what the American Heart exactly. Association even our government tells us is bad. But, you know, it often takes, uh, you know, 20 years for the research to become policy or, or the research to become practice. Like, like now the, the dietary guidelines for the first time eliminated any restriction on dietary fat after 35 years, and they eliminated any restriction on cholesterol because they said, oh, we said cholesterol was the enemy and we should all be suffering through egg white omelets. But now everybody is saying, no, no, that was wrong. We got it wrong. Well, the same thing I think is going to be shown for saturated fat because the research is showing over and over again that in the absence of refined carbs, the absence of, and the absence of sugar and processed food, and in the presence of omega-3 fats, saturated fats are either neutral or beneficial. Things like coconut really? oil. So- yeah, even animal That's really fat. confusing to the consumers because it's confusing. You know, every five years, what they tell me is really bad, and what I should have totally changes. So, but how can somebody? So, how should somebody eat that so they can have saturated fat in a way that it's healthy without combining it with the unhealthy foods? Like, what's an example of a meal that includes that? So, for example, you could uh, take your vegetables and cook them in coconut oil. You could, you know, just have a piece of grass-fed steak which has some saturated fat in it. Those are fine as long as you're eating clean, healthy food. If you're eating a lot of sugar and carbs with the fat, then it's dangerous. So if you're having, for example, a donut, <laughs> you know, that's bad because it's sugar and fat. But if you have just the fat without the refined carbs, it actually is, is really great. And I, I, for example, I take a tablespoon of coconut butter and I put it in my morning shake. I have what I call a fat shake in the morning, right? I have uh, nuts and seeds. I put in almond butter, walnuts pumpkin seeds, chia seeds, hemp seeds. I put in coconut butter. I even put in coconut milk, which has got is creamy and delicious and without sugar in it or processed ingredients. And I blend it all up with some berries, and I've had an amazing fat protein shake with lots of antioxidants and fiber and minerals, and it keeps me going all day long. So I don't have any That sounds pretty delicious. It. It's can very Can we find good. that recipe just for our audience? Can we get that recipe in the Eat Fat Get Thin book, or where can we get absolutely, that recipe? Absolutely. Eat Fat Get Thin book has tons of recipes, and I really explain these two big myths, uh, Darius, that, that one, that fat makes you fat, because it doesn't. It actually makes you thin. And two, that fat causes heart disease, even saturated fat. In fact, I met with the head of cardiology from the Cleveland Clinic, Dr. Steve Nissen, who just wrote an article in the Wall Street Journal really complaining about the dietary guidelines that just came out and suggesting mm-hmm. that we got the whole story wrong on fat and that even saturated fat may not be the enemy. And this is from the number one heart hospital in the world. And I met with him because I'm at the Cleveland Clinic, and I was shocked to hear him say that because it really contradicts every bit of practice yeah. and, and every bit of learning that most physicians and actually clearly most consumers have been brainwashed to think, which is fat is bad and saturated fat is worse. <laughs> yeah, and it's so true. But I think it's important that even our listeners get the nuance. You're not saying, like you mentioned, go out and eat all the saturated fat you want. You're saying you can have it, but in certain do- in certain ways and in yeah, certain exactly. Like I'm not afraid. If I have to choose uh, between the bagel and the butter, I'm always going to choose the butter. That's 100. <laughs> percent I even I even asked the doctor, the head of Tufts, uh, you know, uh, College of you know Nutrition. I said he's a doctor, Darius Mazafarian, and he's published most of the research on fat and saturated fat. And I asked him that question. I said, if you had to choose between a bagel and the butter, what would you choose? He said, I would choose the butter. And this is coming from one of the top leading researchers on fat and nutrition in the world. So I think the mm-hmm. concepts and the thinking is really changing. Dr. Ronald Krauss, who's from Oakland, is a professor out there who's, who's done some of the pioneering work, work on cholesterol. He's done so much research showing that 
saturated fats are not the enemy and that we should really be worried more about refined carbs and starches. So if somebody wants to have their butter, obviously you probably don't want to put it on that bagel because that's going to be a lot of refined put carbs. Put it on your vegetables. What can you put it on? Put on, on your vegetables. vegetables? <laughs> I mean, some right. people are making coffee with it, and it sounds crazy, but you can use... <laughs> I know. I've uh, heard of that, yes. Uh, bulletproof coffee, exactly. and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. I even have a recipe for it in my book because I think people need to realize when you eat these fats, it literally turns on your metabolism. It sounds totally uh-huh. contradictory. And it's, people are like going, "What? what is going on here? This is total... About face, but it makes sense with what we learned with with biochemistry in medical school, and what turns on insulin, what suppresses insulin, and which you know turns, affects how you store fat and, and lose fat. You mentioned bulletproof coffee, and you have a recipe for that. It's so interesting. A lot of people are thinking of you know weight loss, but also brain performance and being at the top yeah. of our game. How does your diet affect that as well? Oh my God, it is so powerful. I I think that's besides getting your metabolism straight. It really gets your brain straight. And most people walk around with feeling sluggish, having brain fog, trouble focusing, concentrating. And when you, when you, for example, add fat to your diet, your brain wakes up because your brain is made up of 60% fat. In fact, much of it is, is omega-3 fats. So when you start to increase fat, your brain loves it. In fact, it runs better in some ways on ketones. We know that in certain brain diseases like epilepsy, we use 70% fat diets or ketogenic diets to help control seizures when nothing else works. We're using it even in things like brain cancer to help the brain work better, or even in Alzheimer's. This research is going on, even schizophrenia, to see if it can help reset the brain. It's fascinating research. Uh, and, uh, wow. and I think we're going to learn more and more about how this is all connected. But, but fat is great for your brain. Mm-hmm. And I imagine all those refined carbs and all don't help our brains function either. No, I mean, in fact, we're calling now Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes because of the role of insulin and insulin resistance and sugar in aging the brain. So it's powerful when you start to use the science and apply it to your daily life. You'll see your hunger cuts down, your brain wakes up, your metabolism kicks into gear, you have more energy, you feel better. I mean, I wrote most of my book eating tons of fat. (laughs) Every morning I wake up and have butter and uh, and the MCT oil, which is a derivative of coconut oil, and a cup of coffee, and it would be like, that would it be it all morning, and I would just crank out the book. You'd be wired. Okay, so you, you led to my next question. Oh, I want to know. Not actually, not, you're not actually wired. You're actually not actually wired. You're clear. Like your, your brain clear. wakes up. It's not, it's not anxious energy. It's actually mm-hmm. clear energy because your, your brain actually runs better on Oh, that's great. I mean, who doesn't want to be – I love that. Who doesn't want to be clear? So, so tell us, what is your, um, and on this diet, what is your daily breakfast, lunch, and dinner? What are your meals looking like? What are you eating? Well, it's, it's actually pretty simple. It's delicious, and it's not deprivation, because I love to eat. I don't want to restrict my food intake. If I focus on what to Thank eat, I call, it the pegan, I call it the pegan diet, which is kind of a joke between paleo and vegan, but it's mostly plants, right? So it's Mostly plant foods, lots of vegetables, non-starchy veggies, not potatoes, but things like greens and asparagus, broccoli, tons of salad greens, any kind of green vegetable, like I have broccolini and asparagus and garlic, for example, as a side dish, and lots of nuts and seeds, which are full of good fat and protein, and other oils, like lots of good oils, avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil, and then good, clean animal food. Um, Ideally, it's more expensive, but I recommend eating less, like grass-fed animal food, uh, organic, sustainably raised, because there's there's environmental issues as well as health issues. In fact, grass-fed beef has seven times as much omega-3 fats as 
feedlot beef, which have more omega-6 inflammatory fats. So you really can choose the quality of the animal food you eat. And then um, lots of good quality antioxidants and berries and some fruit. So it's basically, it's basically good quality protein. You can have vegetable protein like uh, tofu or tempeh, nuts and seeds, lots and lots of vegetables, lots of good fats, and that's what you eat. So for breakfast, I, I'd either have, for example, poached eggs with some stir-fried greens with an avocado with olive oil poured on top, which gives me a fat breakfast, or I take a fat shake, like I said. And then for lunch, I might take a bunch of greens like arugula or a baby kale, and I'll put that in a bowl. I'll throw pumpkin seeds for fat. I'll throw on avocados, and I'll throw on a can of wild salmon so that I have three different kinds of fat or four different kinds of fat, pumpkin seeds, wild salmon with just fatty omega-3s, olive oil, and avocados, which are monounsaturated fats. And it's a great source of protein and vegetables. And dinner will be typically like a sweet potato, not a big one, a small one or half a one, or winter squash, plus a piece of protein could be a piece of fish, could be a small grass-fed steak or lamb, and then uh, chicken, and then uh, and then I would have a huge plate of vegetables. So I'd have three or four sides of vegetables. So I might have a salad. I, I might have yeah, mushrooms. I might have eggplant. I might have stir-fried greens. So I, I always I always think you should think of your animal food as a condiment. I call it condiment meat. You know, it's not a main dish; it's a side. As a side dish, and that way, and with all the addition, the addition of these delicious kinds of fats and extra virgin olive oil, you can make really delicious vegetable sides. So, Absolutely. Mark, thank you so much. I, I appreciate your time today. All of our listeners, I think everybody's probably going to be running out and buying your book now. Eat fat, get thin. Remember that you can pre-order on Amazon or at his website, Dr. Hyman, H-Y-M-A-N.com, or tweet him at Mark Hyman, MD. Remember, you can always tweet me at Dr. Daria or all of us at ShareCare, Inc. And this is Dr. Daria. You're listening to ShareCare Radio on Radio MD. Thanks for listening and stay well. 